Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Small Business Show, episode number 52. Small Business Show at businessshow.co here for Wednesday, February 3rd, 2016. Here in Durham, New Hampshire, USA, Earth, Solar System, <laughs> Universe. I'm Dave Hamilton. I don't know how to follow that, but uh, and I'm Shannon Jean coming to you from Concord, California. Well, I know we have a lot of international listeners. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And it may be interstellar. You never know. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured, you know, saying just our city and state seemed a little presumptuous and, yeah. and, and just, I mean, not even presumptuous. I'm not presuming we don't have international listeners. I know we do. So there you yeah, go. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. But, uh, so how's things out there? You're doing well? I think I'm doing well. Yeah. We're having a really weird weather season this year because it's like 50 degrees in February. There's no snow left on the ground. Wow. Um, yeah, it's yeah. weird. Yeah, and I'm not, not bad weird. Uh, sure. You know, just weird. And we're getting plenty of like rain and everything. So it's, you know, it's all like, I don't know, whatever. It's it's go, it goes in cycles. Yeah. yeah. I think I was saying that last week. It just, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Things are a little nutty out here. You know, we we have the Super Bowl uh, right down the road here on Sunday. That's right. And uh, we did, I took my son to, uh, I have a 14 year old, took my son to the NFL experience on Sunday. And I, Pretty much got like a million uh, hero points for yeah. uh, you know taking it. I, it, was, it was great. Is that we? I really had no expectation. They're, they do a very poor job of promoting it on the on the website and everything. But if you're in the Bay Area and you get a chance, uh, it's through this week, I think, and uh, to go down. It's in Moscone. It's both sides, so it's like going to you know Mac World, where it used to be. And it's, yeah, it's giant. And w- the key thing we got is they had this. Very easy to miss this little fast pass you could buy, and it was like probably the best twenty dollars I've spent all year. Well, maybe maybe even all decade. Yeah, because uh, as the lines got longer, we just got to go through the exits uh, for every uh, event and uh, thing. And you know, for for young kids that are into football, anybody is into football, but especially yeah. for younger guy, oh, man, he, it was just nuts. It was it was crazy. Oh, that's awesome! Wow, yeah, that's good. when I saw you did that, I had no idea. That this even even existed until yeah. just now. I, I, you know, I saw your post on Facebook or whatever. And, yeah. and so I thought it was something you had bought. Honestly, I thought it was through the uh, Starwood thing that you oh, mentioned. Yeah. Right. All right. Those experiences. The, the moments. The uh, moments. Yeah, maybe they, they might have had that. But, uh, you know, it was real. It was like the tickets were 25 bucks yeah. and the, the fast pass was like another 20. And, oh, man, we, we got there at about 10 in the morning and I, I had to drag him out of there at, you know, about four o'clock. I had to leave for a, uh, I was at a meeting out of town on Monday, so I had to get home. Sure. And uh, I was like, we got to go, we got to go. And they were just, he went with a buddy and uh, it was a great experience. We had a blast. That's awesome, was, man. Yeah. Yeah. What an incredible organization, the NFL, to just, <laughs> I mean, the money that they wring out and, and the marketing that they have behind it. It's just what passionate. Uh, you want to talk about a business Gosh. that uh, is, I mean, yeah, I, I think about the the NFL, you know, everybody asks who, who's going to win. I mean, people this week, of course, are asking who's going to win the Super Bowl. But any given week during football season, people ask who are going to who's going to win the big game. And the answer that rings in my head every time is the NFL. That's yeah, who's right. going to win the game. Yeah. They win we, every game. Yeah. Which was a small business at one time. Yep. You know, and, th- and that brings up, a, a you know, you always hear, uh, you know, people commenting about, oh, these giant companies, whether it's, you know, Walmart or Amazon or that kind of thing. And I, I always try to make a comment. It's like, well, you know, at, at one point it was just 
a couple of people, yeah, you know, getting started. You know, Sam Walton, Jeff Bezos. I mean, these these were guys that just started this thing, and they yeah, had no Apple idea, wasn't the only know? Apple and Hewlett Packard weren't the only companies that started in garages, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. And yeah. so, you know, it's it's interesting dynamic when you bring that up and then talk about well why have they been successful and you know yeah. whether you agree with the, the way they've done it or not clearly they've filled a uh, a need they serve their know, customers to, well yeah. they serve their customers well and clearly we want to uh use their services or they would not be successful that's you know, it so, right yeah, yeah no it yeah. yeah it's interesting when my my dad um was younger because i don't know anything about him being older yet um, <laughs> because of the way time works, yes. uh, he had a roommate who played for the, the Boston Patriots uh, oh. at the time, you know, but this guy like yeah. had, had to hold down a part-time job or whatever, you know, he had a job in the off season and, and then yes. he would go and he'd play his game and he'd get paid and, but he still had to like work because, yeah. you know, he, he wasn't it, well, a bazillionaire because he played right. football. Yeah. Yeah, it's now, you know, my son is really into lacrosse and, uh, you know, those guys, that's who it is. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, same kind of thing where these uh, major league lacrosse players, uh, they have to have a side job or tremendous. You know, there's a few of them really at the top of the heap that do marketing and have their own brands and that kind of thing with their sports equipment and sponsors. But the the vast majority of them have to you know have another job. And I think their team, you know. their team salaries. You, you probably know more than me. Uh, my, yeah. my son was into lacrosse for a while and then sort of it sort of faded away for him. But uh, we went to a couple of those MLL games and because uh, they would have the all star games here at Harvard sure. or whatever. And uh you know, they would say that these guys from lacrosse were making somewhere between like 15 and 30 grand a year. That's right. Yeah. And that's it. And there, yeah. I remember one year we saw this one guy. I don't remember his name, but he was fantastic. And and because it was the all-star game or whatever, at, at halftime, they would do this crazy show where people do these crazy trick shots and, you know, mm -hmm. all this fun stuff. Oh, yeah. And we went the next year like, well, we want to see what that guy brings. And he wasn't there because he couldn't afford to be a lacrosse player. Oh, yeah, <laughs> It's like it. this guy was the star yeah. and he's got to be working a day job. It, it'll be interesting to see, you know, 20 years from now or whenever, however long, if it morphs into, you know, where they look back and go, oh, yeah, one time now they're making millions. And at yeah. one time they uh, they were making nothing. Well, you yeah. know, I, I, I think about this because my son is into hockey now and I think about what hockey was as a business NHL was as a business when I was a kid. Now, certainly, I mean, they had arenas. It was more, more than lacrosse is today, but it was not nearly the spectator sport that it is now. I mean, you could always get tickets. The games happen all the time. It was never a problem. Yeah. They were cheap. Sure. And you never watched a hockey game on TV. Nobody even talked about uh -huh. doing that. And they were on TV, but it, I, uh, I and I was I was a mild hockey fan as a kid, uh, but I would listen to him on the radio and because watching trying to find that puck on a oh. tiny little, <laughs> you know, standard def. Yeah, maybe yeah. it was a 20 inch TV if it was, you know, the big one in the living room. But otherwise, it was like a 13 inch TV. It was worthless. Yes, to, to, it was like listening to the radio. Uh, with a, 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 an image of hockey players on on the screen, but you weren't yeah. actually watching the game, you, you know, right. and you know, so there's, there's the, that watershed moment for them of HD TV, right? Yes. Where yes. suddenly it was like, Hey, 
wait, that thing that sucked now is great. And Fox tried to solve it earlier. They had that thing that highlighted the puck on the screen. Yeah, so I was going to ask about if there was anything, you know, that they digitally put on the on the screen and whether that helped at all. It was they, yeah. they did. It didn't help. It was yeah. it was made it worse, in fact, because it was like this. They would darken the rest of the screen and light up the area around the puck. It was this it was stupid. I mean, you had to try it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Like, here's this problem, but it was HDTV that solved yeah. that. And now, you know, the, I mean, the NHL teams are making tons of money. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's big out here, too. I mean, the right. Shark Tank. Right. Shark, that's I mean, right. California, the hockey's hot. You know, that tells they you sold that place out the first year it was open. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's crazy. I hear about it you know, all the time. And yeah. uh, one last comment on Super Bowl. We watched the, I think the NFL Network. They replayed Super Bowl one. Mm. And it was awesome to see the players on the sideline having a cigarette in between plays. <laughs> it just tells you how times have changed, you know, and they kept coming back to that. And I said, that can't be right, right? And they're, yeah, no, ooh, I'm out of breath. I need to have a smoke. I need to have a smoke. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah. wow, that just, yeah. that's so... But it wild. makes sense. I mean, yeah, it, yeah back then. times change. Yeah. Yeah. Back then. So, but yeah, uh, it's interesting, right? I mean, you, and if you think about that for your own business, like what, what is it? Like if, if you, if, if you can take your business and then envision it being something that's even 10 times the size, I mean, you know, not, right. it doesn't have to be a thousand times the size, right? What would it take? And, and this is a good question to ask yourself because it's not going to happen magically. Maybe it'll happen magically for you, but being a little intentional about it isn't a bad thing. Sit down and say, okay, what's it going to take to be 10 times my size? What's it going to be take to, what's it going to take to be double my size? What, what does that look like? If I suddenly say, okay, here's my revenue number. Now it's times to back, backfill that. How did you get there? Right. And you're going to answer some questions about some things that you need to do in order to get there. Yeah. Remember when we talked about, uh, the the book that I love the E Myth and they we, we also talked we talked about delegating and creating that spreadsheet and setting all your you know everything you do uh, out there and then assigning people to help you delegate stuff uh, and and then you quickly as a small business owner you start to see yourself oh wait I do this I do that I do this and then but just think if you took that and you said okay well. How would what would it look like if it was twice or ten yeah. times the size? What a great exercise that would help you all, you know, think beyond, you know, the next two weeks to making payroll or whatever. It it is that getting outside your the day-to-day things that you have to do to, you know, survive and grow your business you just out of sheer hard work, but you also have to be able to get outside that and think like what you're saying, the what if. Yeah. Just uh, just paint the yeah. picture. You're not hurting anyone. No one even has to know that you've done it. Right. You I mean, it's just, yeah, oh, of course, you yes, know, yes, just yes, it, yes, this yes, is in the it. privacy of your own cone of silence. Right. You just yeah. do this and then, OK, what does that look like? Huh. And maybe paint the picture of 10 times. Right. So that sure you learn some things and you're like, OK, I don't know that that's realistic, but there are some things I learned and I bet I could double the size of my business. And imagine that you could if you yeah. could double the size of your business. Yeah. Is it, and, and you kind of learn, is it scalable right. or how, what would have to happen to make it scalable? Yeah. And, you know, it's a great way to guide your business. It's, it's kind of similar. Uh, one of the things I heard somewhere along the lines, I don't know who said it, but I certainly didn't come up with it was that you should always be um, running your business. Like you're, you're preparing to sell it. Mm-hmm. Even if you never have any intention of selling it, 
in order to sell your business, you know, you really have to have things tight. Your, your accounting needs to be tight. Your, you know, everything, all your procedures or things, if, if you have procedures, you know, all the systemic parts of your business that happen every day, you know, documentation, employee handbooks, manual, all those things that that's what you need. I mean, that's how you present your business to sell it. And yeah. and, and we're working on having a, a business broker on that's going to talk about, you know, getting your business ready to sell. But the, the comment was it, just by doing the exercise, it's going to make your business better. Uh, and, you know, very similar to that, you know, uh, putting down what it would take to be 10 times the size, all those things you'd need to put in place. How much capital would you need? Yeah. Um, how many employees would you need, you know, and, and that kind of thing. Um, but I, I like that. That's a, that's a great idea. Yeah. I got to do that. I've never done that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I wish I could say I have too, uh, but I, ha- I have not either. And, uh, you know, this is kind of one of the reasons why we wanted to start this show is that, talk about planning and and so stuff doesn't just happen but you know happenstance it, it, to be ready for it and you know startups with a with a lot of backing and, and venture money in addition to that money they usually get fantastic advisors yes uh, and how to plan how to prepare how to do hr all those kinds of things and a typical small business is doesn't have that and uh so thinking along those lines and being um putting those procedures in place and, and getting everything out of your head, I think is, is critically important. And both I've, those steps are, I've always said, and, and just known that the only reason my business doesn't grow faster than it does is because of me. Yep. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm in my own way all the time. Oh, oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I, for sure. All the time. And, and it's frustrating, but you know, I mean, it, it is, it is what it is, right? It is, but, yeah. Yeah. But it, 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 it doesn't mean it's not true. And so there's these types of things where you start envisioning different scenarios and it does allow you to get out of your own way a little bit. You know, you, if you can put yourself, you know, three years down the road, well, now you're not standing in your way from getting there. Yeah. And, Go. and yeah. really, and you can, you know, spin off some goals uh, from that right. exercize and say, okay, well, uh, 10, 10 times is really, you know, wow. Okay. How long would it take me? But what can we do next year? You know, if I'm going to be 10 times the size in X number of years, what, what would I, where would I start, you know, and, and really kind of lay out that plan. And the, the, the thing that is great with that plan, you know, one thing that I do every year is this executive summary and, I, I was forced to do it the first time uh, when I was working with a bank and they kind of wanted to know, okay, what, what went on this year? What was good? What was bad? What'd you, you know, successes and failures. And it was actually very good for me to just really look back. And this is, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. So sure. I, I typically do it every year now and I kind of have this, you know, layout that I use, uh, but it really works well and it, it helps you to plan for the next year and, and beyond that. And then really to look back, to go back and I can go back to, uh, you know, 2002, I believe maybe when I first started doing it and, and look and go, Oh, you know, I didn't know what the heck I was talking about. You know, look at this, this is ridiculous. And then other times going, wow, you, this really happened, you know? So it's really nice to look back and look at that business log as well as to give it, you know, to someone you're talking sure. about trying to, 
learn about your business, whether it's a banker, a prospective partner, some sort of executive, anybody you're looking for an advisor, you could say, oh, let me give you our executive summary. You can see how it was this last year. Um, so I what do you put? I'm, I'm curious about this. This is interesting. What do you put in your executive? I mean, is this like a one pager with a mission statement and your no. earnings from the previous year or? So, yeah, it's more the so, you know, you get you have your your P&L. You yes. Hopefully spit out from your accounting software that you're hopefully running and your your balance sheet and you give them that to your accountant and they're going to help sure. you clean it up and everything. And you, you always give that to who, whoever you're talking to about money. They want to see that. Oh, they always but do. Right. They always do. So what the executive summary does is it's your narrative. It's it's your story. Uh, and whether it's, you know, over a longer period of time, it, it certainly could be, or even a shorter period of time. Uh, I typically do it annually and it's, I'm doing it. Uh, uh, well, actually I did it a little earlier this year cause we were working on some new banking relationships. So, um, talking about 2015, but I usually wait until, you know, January, February, as we start to really wrap up all the paperwork for the year previous year. And I just talk about what we did, uh, where we invested, uh, money, uh, new things, because we're always trying to, uh, you know, spend a portion of our money on new ventures, what worked, what didn't, you know, and, and I would more often than not, there's a huge chunk of them that, well, that didn't work, you know, and this is, this is how, what we allocated to do that. And that's really helpful. What a, yeah. If like, you, if you're talking, go ahead. No, I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this idea. I've never thought about this, this, but this is one of the things that I feel like as a small business owner that's bootstrapped, I've missed out on in so much as without having investors, there's yeah. no one I have to answer to. So while I, I certainly know all of the stuff that I would put in this executive summary, I've never written it down. Right. Yeah. Because I didn't have to that nothing, you know, no one, yeah, sure. no one asked to read it. So it, was, it wasn't necessary, but the act of writing it, is this power, is the same kind of thing? Is this you know yeah. envisioning where you are? Any of that stuff? This is well, huge. Think, yeah. So if if and thinking back a little bit more, we used to do you know when we have a board of advisors, you know, and we've talked about this here on the show. Yeah. Whether they're formal or informal, and typically my you know they're kind of informal. It's my attorney, my banker, typically uh, my accountant, uh, maybe an insurance or investment guy, you know that that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the year you should invite them all to lunch together and have that conversation. And, and I looking back, I'm sure that I started jotting notes down because I was like, Oh, what the heck am I going to talk to you know about these guys? You know, right. what, what's going on? Yeah. So it's really nice to have, whether you do a one pager or whether you, you know, now it's, you, it's longer than one page. I never can get it, but as yeah. you probably know by now I'm a little verbose. Uh, and so you know, writing it down, what you did, where you invested money, what worked, um, what significant events in, uh, happened with your business, your employees. Um, did you hire new, you know, in new areas? Did you let people go? Did you open new locations or new divisions? And what happened? And, and it's just this, it's your narrative and, and what you think is going to happen because they don't know. And, and especially banks, you know, you have a banking relationship with a, a relationship manager, but he's not, he or she is not the person that's going to make the decision of whether the bank is going to, you know, give you some cash. Right. It just doesn't happen. So you have to educate that person very well and tell them your story so they can pitch it 
Yeah, they've got to plead your case for you. Yeah, they got to plead your case. And and you want your attorney to know because he knows all kinds of people and, you know, probably a lot more new that, you know, they're networking guys and that kind of thing. And same with accountants. They they can help introduce you to other people. And to me, a sign of success is when you can kind of overhear someone like that telling your story. You know, they're not going to tell it with as much passion and, uh, you know, like, like you do, but if they get it, you know, it, it can really help you out. Oh, absolutely. Of course. Yeah. What a great, oh man. Now I want to go do this. This is <laughs> it's a, well, it's we, a great idea. It, it really, oh, man. Yeah. I think it, I think it brings up a good point too, because you know, we were not planning on talking about this and it just kind of rolled into it. It's um, not underestimating the stuff you do and how valuable it could be to someone else. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, we, on Monday I sat on, uh, a small business panel for the PayPal, uh, uh, Asia Pacific, uh, division that was here. You know, these guys are, they're based out of Singapore and they were down in Half Moon Bay having their annual conference. And, and I know a lot of folks there, we use PayPal, like it's really in our DNA. And so there was, there was four other business owners and some, brilliant, much smarter than me people, you know, some great stories. And, and I'm hoping to have each of them on for an interview. And there was one of the, um, uh, people that were there sharing their story and how they use PayPal. And it was such a great, compelling story. And all of the other three, uh, folks that, you know, were listening was like, wow, you really need to promote your own story, let alone your business, you know, and, and get the, get it out there and, and share it because people love that stuff. You know, yeah. it's really authentic and you know, they, the buy-in you get from, you know, customers or potential customers that can attach, um, a far greater feeling, uh, then, and especially like this, this woman, her business that she imports from Asia, it was all businesses, small businesses that use PayPal a lot, uh, to bring product in from Asia, okay. primarily, primarily China. And she brings in human hair and she's in the hair extension business. And, you know, first you're like, Oh, that's kind of, that's kind of cool. But listening to her story and the impact that this product has on a, an individual, you know, looking in the mirror and how they feel about themselves and this kind of thing, what a powerful story, you know? And, and she, it, it, she's like, Oh, you think so? You, you know, you think we really should, I was like, oh yeah, just what a great thing to talk about. And your narrative and getting it out there and, and you know, writing this stuff, I think is uh, really, really important. Yeah, I'm in. I, yeah, what a great idea. Good. Never I'll even thought bill. of doing one. I'm yeah. going to send you a bill. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> consulting, consulting. Consulting, and, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, if you have questions about, you know, uh, writing an executive summary or any of this kind of stuff. We, we'd love to hear, uh, you know, from you. We're starting to get some great feedback and that's just how you reach us. Feedback at businessshow.co or uh, Facebook slash business. Uh, what is it? What is our Facebook business show? I think it's still DBA podcast because we, uh, we, we um, yeah, I don't, I don't okay. know that we can, but uh, I, I guess we could just start a new Facebook thing and, and hey, man, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. But on Twitter at, what Bus- are we on business show co that's business right show co yeah, yeah so that's right. feedback at business show dot co uh will get it uh to us and um talking about bankers you know this morning i had a bre- had breakfast with uh, uh a new banking relationship that we're talking to and i was thinking on the way as i was driving there um is i have this little thing uh i call it the beer test and you know 
will this person pass the beer test? And uh, you can probably figure it out, but you know, would you want to have a beer with this person? And it could equally, you could say a cup of coffee if you, if you're not a beer drinker. Um, but, uh, you know, would you want to have sir spend time with them outside of what you do with your, with your business? And, and for me, and I was, I told the guy this, I sat down, you know, we were talking back and forth and it's a real personable guy. And, and I said, well, you know, you, you pass a beer test and yes, you would want to hang out, chat, talk with them because if they're an important part of your business or, you know, and you are you going to ask them to be on your advisory board? You really, in my opinion, you want to trust your gut instinct, um, about the people that you do business with, you know, is this one of these persons you're going to, you're going to do business with people that you're not super friendly with. I mean, right. that's just, that's just going to happen. And maybe and probably more than, than not, you know, you're just like, okay. And you may not even know enough about them to, to see if they pass that rigid, rigid test. But, uh, somebody that you're bringing in that you're going to be, you know, opening the kimono, so to speak, or drawing back the velvet rope to let know, let them know everything about your business. I would, uh, suggest that you really want to be comfortable with that person and be able to hang out and have a cup of coffee or drink a couple of beers, go on the golf course, whatever it is, your thing and hang out with them. It That's always been, um, that always been a litmus test for me, you know, and, and, and I, I mean, I mentioned this in terms of hiring people, but in this sense, you're, you're hiring someone in a way, you know, I mean, as a partner or whatever, but uh, but yeah, go out to eat with them and feel feel them out. And, yeah. y- you know, I, and, and again, specifically when I'm looking to hire an employee, but with anybody, I, I always I'm watching how anybody I'm out with treats waitstaff. You know, yeah, you've mentioned that. And I thought about that this morning when I was at breakfast. And that that is a really great uh, uh, obs- way to observe somebody, isn't it? It, it is. It, yeah. But but now I can't not do it. Right. So, I mean, uh, it, yeah, like yeah. anything, you, you know, ignorance is bliss. Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and if it's somebody you really want to work with and you realize, wow, they're treating that person like crap. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. now I got a decision to make. But sure. it's you know what the right decision is in those situations, because you probably don't want to go have a beer with them because they make you feel uncomfortable with the way they treat people you know well that's right and and eventually you may be on the other end of that yeah. you know if uh, once the honeymoon yeah. is over well that's know. it yeah you know they're pitching you that's right yeah. yeah so yeah i i am i am hyper aware of it and it, but again it, it you know it becomes a liability sometimes if i'm out with you know friends or whatever and somebody's not for whatever reason not treating you know wait didn't say please or didn't say thank you it's like these alarms are going off in my head it's like no no they usually do it must be something you know i mean we all have those laps oh sure sure. yeah 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 it's it's interesting and you know uh, on that trend with you know bankers and relationship managers you know uh the the front end the person you're going to be interacting with at that bank one of the things that i found over time is to ask them you know what's their long-term plan where do they see themselves in, in a few years or five years because you you don't want to put or at least I don't want to you you may somebody may but I I don't want to put a ton of time into onboarding uh, someone and really getting them uh, you know fluent fluent in how your business works and all that. it's not a, a, a slow process I mean it is a slow process it is. Yeah. and if that person is planning on you know jumping ship or moving on or 
changing positions in the next maybe six months, uh, I, I would suggest you should ask them to introduce you to somebody else. Uh, because the longer you can have that relationship with them, it's going to be better. And I would also look at their, uh, not to age discriminate, but you need to think about their age. Where, where are they in their, in their lifespan of their business career? You know? and, and the good ones will be totally honest with you. Uh, yeah. th- this this morning, um, uh, you know, th- th- this guy, he, he was totally straightforward and, you know, I, I felt like, okay, great. We can get a couple years out of this guy. And and that's enough for me. That's fine. Um, and, uh, I think that's really important. And I, I I'm a victim of it from uh, other service providers, UPS, FedEx, those guys. I mean, the churn on those account reps is so quick and we always kind of complain around the office, like, oh, we got another rep. And just when you're getting the other one trained kind of how to how to handle certain issues that come up in our businesses, and then you got to start all over. Uh, it, can, it can take a lot of time. Yeah. Oh, it, it's, it's a huge thing. Yeah, there's that whole concept of institutional knowledge, and the new person probably doesn't have any knowledge of your institution, you know? Yep. Yeah. 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 And my last comment on banks, and this is probably just from my way I've always thought or think about it. I always have to remind myself that I'm the customer. The bank needs to be impressing me for me to bring my certain, my business to them. Yes. And at, when I was younger, I, I always had a hard time with that. Cause I was like, well, these guys are the, they have like the keys to the kingdom. Right. And it, there were times when the bank will treat you like, you know, you're not the customer. Uh, unfortunately, many times. Um, but, you always want to keep that in mind, I think. And when you start feeling like you're not the customer that the bank is requiring, you're constantly trying to impress your bank. Maybe it's time to, to look for another relationship. Absolutely. I, I and, could, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. 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 I and learned that lesson early on when I got and it, it had nothing to do with business, but it was when I got my first mortgage. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I went through the process and they ask you for every bit of paperwork about your life that could possibly exist. Right. You know, it's lovely. Yeah. yeah. And so you give them all this stuff and uh, and, you know, whatever we we put an offer in on a house. We got it accepted. We had, I don't know, 30 or 40 days between then and, and when, you know, it was going to close. And we were pre-approved for more than we were going to spend. So everything was good. And it was actually a friend's wife who was our mortgage broker and all that. And. But it was like every week there was a phone call where it was like, I'm going to need this or I'm going to need that. And at first it was like, "Okay, yeah, of course. You know, like you said, you're you're in the mode of I just need to impress this person. So they write the check because otherwise I'm doomed. Right. You know, that's right. And finally, we got down to like a day before the closing and they're still asking me for information or two days. It was two days before the closing. They're still asking me for information. And I called them and I said, we have to be done. Like you yeah. have to tell me if you don't get anything else, right. you know, that's it. <laughs> I it, love that. We're done. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and I, and the woman didn't call me back and she was, we were in Austin at the time. So I drove down to San Antonio, which is where her office was. Never do business with, you know, friends, spouses. It's, it's just always yeah. a disaster. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it sometimes works out, but this was one of those things where it was like, okay, now I got to go and play hardball with this person, you know? Um, and I showed up at her office. I was waiting there for her when she walked in that morning. And uh, she's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, well, you didn't call me back. And we're closing in 24 hours. She's like, oh, it'll all be fine. You know, it's going to be fine. 
And it hit me. It was like, they're just asking for this information because they can. Yeah. They don't yes. need it. Yeah, that's right. And, that's right. and right. And, <laughs> and so now, and from that point forward, every mortgage I've ever gotten and including like, you know, when you refinance the house or, or even a loan for the business, anything, I always tell them, okay, look, you're going to ask me for a bunch of stuff. I have a, I have a two week window and you yeah. can do ask me for whatever you want in that two week window. And I'll do my darndest to provide it for you. And then we're done. Yeah. And if you need another piece of paper after that two week window is closed, what you're going to do is call me and tell me you can't write my loan because that's, that's the only, fine. that's yeah, the only that, conversation we're allowed to have after that, that two week window yeah. closes. And I think that's great. Yep. And I've had people call me and say, uh, so uh, yeah, we're going to need your, uh, another copy of a pay or your more recent pay stub. And I said, Oh, Nope, the window closed. So you can't do the loan without it. Right. And I just need to go to another bank. Right. Oh, oh, I forgot. No, that's right. No. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. No, you know? no, and then that's it. Yeah. 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 They're just trying to fatten up their files it, but, yeah. and you can't blame them for it, but you, you can blame yourself for playing into it beyond a reasonable degree. I mean, they do need some information oh, sure. about you and that's okay. But, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta put the, you ha it's up to you to, to draw the line because they won't, there's no reason yeah. for them. No to. Way. They're not incentivized yeah. to. And remember, again, the person that you're interacting with, you're, you know, yeah. the person you want to have a beer with or would at least, it's not them. That's no, they're a middle, they're a middleman or middlewoman. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. just moving. The, okay. 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 And, and I think that, you know, you just have to remember there's another bank down the street. That's it. And, you know, there's always someone that wants your business. And I think we should get some shirts printed up, Dave. It just says, I'm the client, <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, because it, it's really important, I think. Uh, and it changes the dynamic on the relationship once you tell them that. I mean, you'd be nice. Everything. It's like, look, I'm the client and, you know, you're supposed to be earning my business. And, and if you don't want to be in that business relationship, have the, res the, you know, respect me enough to tell me that. So yeah. we don't waste, so we don't waste each other's time. Of course. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Cause you don't, I, I get it. You know, it's like, Oh, Hey, you know what your requirements are, what you want. We're not able to do no problem. We, we tell our clients that all the time. We've always talked on the show here about, you know, sometimes you have to fire customers and, yeah. you know, you want it to be a profitable relationship for you as well as for them, yep. but, uh, not running you through the ringer over and over and over like that. It, over and over. Oh God. It's just, yeah. it, you know, and I've told friends this story, just like I told it here. And, you know, sometimes you see people's eyes open wide, but then they're like, hey, you know what? You're right. I don't need to do any of this. I'm like, no, no, you don't have to. It's all, it's all good. Uh, yes, and, if, it it, and you know, the thing is, you can push it further than you think you can, because, you know, I could say to them, well, so you called and this, so that means you can't write the loan. Right. And they have the right to say, well, actually, yeah, I mean, you know, I really want your business, but there's no way I can get it through without this one more piece of paper, you, you know, and it, you, you still get to decide, you know, That's right. but do yeah. I want to just give them the piece of paper and I'm done? Or do I walk away and stand on my, on my principles and you, yeah. you, and you get to decide. It's fine. You know, either yeah, one is it. okay. Yeah. You're, you're the decider. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's it. okay to, you know, to let your, your, your two week window, you, you know, oh, sure. be a little flexible. I mean, you, you know, but you just keep that, that frivolous stuff out of the way by doing that. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Well, it's good. We've covered some good stuff. Sometimes the best shows I think are when things just kind of percolate up. And uh, I think this has been a good one and uh, enjoyed hanging out once again, always. I'm glad you went uh, to the NFL experience because otherwise we wouldn't be here. 
Oh, I mean, sweet. like here, topic-wise, yeah. right? You know, I mean, yeah, that's, that's where how it all we, stemmed that's how from. we started. Yeah, yeah, yeah very cool, yep. very cool. And uh, enjoy the big game, everybody. And because uh, I, I think we have to get some sort of permission to say uh, super or something or other. And, I don't uh, know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when uh, Colbert did it, and he was calling it the superb owl because he did, they didn't have per, they didn't have permission. So he was he's like, okay, you know, it was awesome. I love that guy. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, he's brilliant with that stuff. <laughs> Very cool. That's good. awesome. All right, well, folks, well, thanks again. Again, uh, feedback at businessshow.co. We'd love to hear from you. And, and those iTunes reviews, really, they, they, some of you have been doing them, and it's awesome. We'll read some next week. It's great yeah. stuff. Yeah, Cool. Take care, everybody. See ya.